Instead of the slow clap, I'm just going with the smile this week. It's another Friday. Yes, it is the afternoon, which is different than our normal proceedings because we normally come to you Friday morning. But it's going to be the same rough, rugged, and raw. It's the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, and one more, a.k.a. Breezy, here with the crew, here to bring you sports, business, and entertainment. This week's episode is entitled, We Them Boys. And you could imagine what that is alluding to. We're going to have some fun this weekend. The doggone playoffs. NFL playoffs left us a whole bunch of stuff to discuss. The NBA is in full swing. You got college football shenanigans going on. It's a man out there by the name of Antonio Brown, my cousin and them. So I know you have already checked out mentally from your job. Get ready for this afternoon. If this is your first experience with the Ball Hog Sports Talk, strap on your seatbelt and let's go. Wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up and stay woke. Cause this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B Brown, ESQ, aka the Ball Hog, aka the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, go, go. Hola, hola. We them boys. It's the We them boys episode. And uh we don't need to guess why we call it We Them Boys episode. Because there's a particular game that happened on particular weekend, wild card weekend, in a particular league called the NFL that featured a particular team that always talking about they them boys. How about them cowboys? Hold up, hold up. We them boys. I would be remiss if we didn't start the show, name the show, and feature at least for a good significant portion of the opening on them boys. Welcome to the stage. Part of the crew. You know who they are. One and only the Big Flow Show. What's up? What's good, man? I figure, you know what? They're not using the name right now. They're they're out fishing. So we might as well use it. Keep Y'all the name alive fish. after they after they've defeated themselves. Them boys gone fishing. We're going to talk about that. If they defeated themselves, was was it the ref's fault or whoever else we want to blame? Somebody. And then we have to round out the clue, crew, none other than ETP Ellis, the producer. What's up, ETP? What's up? Looking at uh, some relocation. It's too cold up north, so I might Man. have to relocate. <laughs> it is very I'm doing nippy. good. <laughs> it is nippy out there, but it is colder in places like Dallas where there is – the frigid air of being a Dallas fan, Dallas fan, and not know, knowing again that you are not uh, progressing in the playoffs. It's been since 1994 that they've made any real noise in the playoffs. Is that is my is my research? They haven't. They haven't won more than a uh, 95, 94 so. season. Yep, they haven't won more than a wild card game since then. All right, and back then I ain't gonna tell my age, but. I know what I was driving. I know what I was wearing. It's a lot different than where I stand now. 
a very different, different, different set of circumstances. The 10-year challenge, the one that people have inserted the Dallas Cowboys still crying with the same meme, I think is one of the funniest ones. We saw a lot of memes from the Dallas Cowboy haters, myself included, throughout the week. But but they deserve it because they go around talking and boasting. And this year, I fell for the okie doke. I said on this show at one point that the Dallas Cowboys were going to be in the NFC Championship game. What I did not let y'all know is what I really meant was that Jerry Jones and his infinite wisdom with his his his, his limitless and deep pockets was going to buy tickets for everybody. So they're going to be there, but they're going to be watching just like us. Uh, <laughs> we them boys. We them boys. Uh, I, 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 let's get, get right into the game, man. So there's there's a there's a, a 14 seconds left. Dak Prescott, for those who have been under a rock for the last week, because it has been discussed at nauseum. So we're just gonna get in and get out of it. 14 seconds left. Dak Prescott decides, or whomever, uh, uh, you know, the offense coordinator, coordinator. What's the name? The Sam. What's what's the coordinator name? The quarterback. Whatever his name is, that he's the hot ticket right now. He decides that they're gonna run a uh, Kellamore. That's one thing. Uh, he's gonna run a quarterback sneak, and Great run, but the thing is, is that you learn early on in football that you can replace points, you can never replace time. And they found out the hard way that they cannot replace time. So let's deal with the, the call itself, uh, because he did get 25 yards or so on the play, made it a very doable and reasonable last play of the game, but for they didn't have any time. Uh, because Kellen Moore has been talked about and discussed as the hottest name in all of NFL football uh openings Kellen Moore has been discussed despite the fact that he is he I don't know if he was born in 1995 last time he went Kellen Moore is young I remember watching him I think play for Boise State young player so so despite all of that he's been a hot hot top in the same week that we see people like Brian Flores get cut uh get his 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 legs taken out from under him Kellen Moore doesn't seem to be getting a lot of critique here but Neither here nor there, right? Because you still got uh, so many brothers that have not been hired. But but Byron Leftwich stands out to me, right? Uh, Eric Bieniemy stands out to me. But everyone's talking about Kellen Moore. Here it is, first opportunity in the playoffs, and that's what you do. Or is it Dak Prescott? Paid all that money? Are you charged with getting down a little sooner to make sure the time doesn't go off? Or is it? Like Dak and my man Mike McCarthy would have you to believe, is it the ref's fault? Because he, you know, obviously had to spot the ball, but did so by running through the center and the quarterback. Take your pick. Pick your poison wisely. It's the Weedon Boys episode. So we starting off with the Cowboys. Whose fault is it that it's cold in Dallas right now because they ain't playing no old football? You got to blame the ref, man. I mean, if you think about it, the ref was a little younger and he could have ran around or he could have jumped over the lineman or if he could have just trusted that the Cowboys gave themselves the right spot, everything would be fine. They it was a very exciting. We all know that they would have scored a touchdown with one second left to go in the game, right? Did the we ref really have to move it back an inch because he had no scientific knowledge as to exactly where that spot He didn't look he or moved, nothing. That was he petty. He, he just moved it back an inch just to say this – I do, I do the spotting of the ball here, homeboy. You, you, you <laughs> that's my job. Right here. He did run. Look, he came through the line real well. He had the, the rip move. He bust through the line. He moved three hundred pounders. I think he gave it the best effort. He didn't even line it up and look. He just gave it a little touch, just so officially I touched it. Let it know. It's my job. Uh, so, so we got one vote for in the who's to blame uh, uh, on the who's to blame candidate 
uh, uh, ballot that we have here. You say the referee. ETP, 100%. who you going with? Who's to blame? Is it and I and I didn't I didn't add uh Jerry Jones for putting the team together. Who's to blame for this? Because yet again, a team that everybody believed in, everybody walked around that big old start talking about how about them cowboys all year. You couldn't tell them nothing. They was they were floating, they weren't walking, they were floating. And here I am falling for a hook line sinker. I feel for that ignorance. Uh, my brother and my whole family that that loves the cowboys. I, I got a bunch of them. We all know people that that you know unfortunately subscribe to that nation cowboy nation whose fault is it mike mccarthy dak prescott the referee is it jerry jones is it is it somebody who i'm not mentioning whose fault is it that they are yet again at home uh and did not advance the division around it's it's dak prescott dak prescott he i mean just recently while he was injured he was holding out he wanted to be the highest paid quarterback you got to deliver. You, if you're making as much money as he's making, they committed to, you know, they negotiate. He, he played hardball with Jerry Jones, got his numbers. You got to de deliver at least a first-round win, especially considering the way you played throughout the season. Everybody else, I expected from them. In the, and then the ref, that's, that's also a clock management situation for the players, right? You should know when how to, you know, how to maximize your time. They all lined up. Nobody really paid attention to the ref. That's those like the details that that Dallas isn't really known for. The, that's something like that's like a Bill Belichick type of understanding of how to manage a clock other than last week. <laughs> so, so this that's what we're doing here on the Weedin' Boys episode. We, we, we are going all out full assault, black on black crime because y'all are going after Dak Prescott and the brother who was the referee. I ain't doing that. I'm going to say the fault lies squarely on, man, they could share it. They could share it on both Mike McCarthy and his up-and-coming star, uh, rising star, Kellen Moore offensive coordinator. Because the, the clock mismanagement has been rampant all year. You do it once, I say it's a mistake. But now nah, this is like the fifth iteration of bad clock management. Uh, I think it's habitual. They don't really have any organization within their organization. And the dysfunction that you see there. I heard Michael Irvin saying that their stars didn't step up and be stars. While Dak Prescott had a tough time being a star, he did so because of the pressure. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is playing on some – his knees look like my knees. And as a 44-year-old man, about to turn 45, that put way too much – too much uh, 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 what do I want to call it? Too much wear and tear. I beat them up. Uh, that's not a good comparison, that Ezekiel Elliott and I have the same knees. He doesn't look good. I'm saying is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy flat out is a bad coach. We saw that in Green Bay because he won one Super Bowl. While it's tough to win any Super Bowl, he won one <laughs> Super Bowl. It is. That's it not is. the way you open with a bad coach. He won one <laughs> Super terrible. Bowl. He won a Super he, Bowl. If you went, how many Super Bowls did Bill Belichick win with the other person that's discussed as possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? He won a lot of them. <laughs> how many chances did he have how many times was he in the thick of things mike mccarthy was only even in the thick of things once really where he really had a legitimate shot and that's despite having aaron Rodgers. did they have a, a ton of great receivers no they all had some always had somebody serviceable mike mccarthy couldn't figure out how to win with aaron Rodgers. he had right? some pretty good receivers though they they they're selling those dudes shorts they had some good receivers you know why they sold them short because that was the only narrative that you could pick, put forward you couldn't say nothing about Aaron Rodgers. The man is throwing the ball all over the field. And I think that 
far too long, Mike McCarthy got sort of a wink, wink, and we were blind to what the reality is. We saw his clock mismanagement this year. We saw in the fact that it looked as though no one was in charge in the most critical point in the game that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, y'all both get a left eye and a right eye of Mo, who we call him Mo, baby. Y'all lost that game for them, man. Was Dak his best? No. Was Cooper his best? No. CD Lamb dropped all of that happened, but it falls on the shoulders of a coach that didn't have his team ready. You could tell from the opening when the 49ers walked out to that Kodak Black, they just looked like they was way more prepared and ready to go open a can of that, you know what, than the Cowboys. And that to me falls on the, the, the shoulders of coaches, both Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. Because that offense was pitiful. The defense did enough to win. The offense was pitiful. And I'm going to say that the combination of it, 90% is Mike McCarthy, 10% is Kellen Moore. They are to blame. They are to blame. But no matter who is to blame, them boys is going to go home and, and chill. And that's a good thing. Because we ain't got to hear that obnoxious, how about them Cowboys, no more in these playoffs. So let's look forward. Let's look in, in any other, I mean, the Bills, Opening a can of you know what on the Patriots is also, I think, a big storyline because not only is it an AFC team, but the same division. And we ask here, is the reign supreme of Bill Belichick over? Bill Belichick wanted to show not only can I win, I can win with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Mac who? Mac Jones. But as we see, you need some pieces. And the whole concept of the legacy of Tom Brady versus the legacy of Bill Belichick, I, I, I think that the Belichick legacy took a step back because the Bills put them paws on the Patriots. Uh, I know that you're a Patriots fan, so I turn to you now, ETP, and say, what say you in the Eat Weedem Boys episode? Because y'all got a whole <laughs> bunch of little uh, bravado about y'all as well. Y'all don't look so tough getting the Bills. Y'all don't look so tough getting the Bills. What say you? You're right. You're right. They definitely didn't look tough. They looked, they definitely look tough at all. But the thing that's crazy, like you, you're saying about the pieces, right? That Bill Belichick spent a ton of money in free agency to build up that defense. The defense throughout the whole regular season, I mean, they went on a tear in terms of, you know, shutting major offenses down. And in this game, you, you're exactly right. Where did all those pieces go? They had a top defense that turned into nothing. They, they basically, I think what the whole game, the Buffalo didn't punt one time. One. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they – don't, We don't <laughs> – it's not been confirmed whether or not their punter made the trip, actually. Uh, <laughs> so successful. <laughs> what do you think the film session is just purely on next week? Do you think they uh, man, we got to put the, 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 uh, inst- the uh, IG guy who does the Coach 30. I, I can imagine what those film sessions look like. It was a bad film session oh, because it was – they, they never stopped had to have one. It would be too long, though, because – you only have a few seconds on uh, this. I saw that little that little jab you threw. What's up, Shelton Joy? My man True Food talking about they look like the Browns. They did not look that good. They look way worse than the Browns. I give you final word on it. Uh, the Big Flow Show is the reign supreme of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Whether you want to go from a division standpoint or conference standpoint or just in the NFL in general, it used to be when Bill Belichick showed up to a football field with a team. No matter who it was, because forever it was Bill, it, it was Brady and the Pips. It didn't matter who was on the roster. They figured out a way to win. Has that era ended? And do the Bills take full credit for sending them on their way 
by claiming that they are them boys. We them boys when it comes to this AFC East, when it comes to this AFC thing, when it comes to, to, to going out there and opening the can of you know what? Is this the end for Bill Belichick? As we I'm know. I'm not ready to close it on Belichick just yet, but I will say you just got beat twice by a coach that got fired by a squad. Um your third best team, really. If, if you think about the end of the season, kind of like the third best team in a division that's been trash. But I just think I gotta give him one more year before I say something. I don't know. Bill Belichick's done too the much. Third best team? Are you putting the, the Dolphins over him too? They just Jeez. ooh. They just ooh. started off bad, but they were better Hot than in the last nine weeks of the season. <laughs> okay, you don't agree. Ah, look, they won. Well, they don't have a coach. <laughs> They, they were eight last night. I agree, but obviously management doesn't. They fired that man. <laughs> they need a coach. <laughs> they said, well, that seems like that's a story we need to probably get back into. Well, they fired him for other reasons. But anyway, I don't know. I, I'm going to give him one more year, see if Mac Jones could do it. But I think he's definitely missing Brady right now. He over there oh, booing man. Brady. He's dreaming about Boo. Brady. <laughs> yeah. He's dreaming about it. But it, it comes in a year, too, that we also saw for the first time ever Bear with me here for the first time ever. So it's ironic that Mac Jones, being an Alabama guy, is his quarterback for the first time ever. Nick Saban got beat by one of his understudies. And then it happened again in the national championship year? game. Is it leap year this year? <laughs> Say again. Is it leap year this year? Maybe so. It must be, hey, man. At least because the cicadas are back. Hey, man, um, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, everything has to come to an end. We them boys. Uh, but it's only going to be so long that people allow you to, to keep them in a stranglehold, man. And it seems as though the, the Buffalo Bills have gotten out of that stranglehold. Uh, we'll see, man. Uh, who do you have? Let's go. Let's look forward now. So we have the divisional rounds. And on Saturday, we got the AFC. We got the Bengals playing the Titans at the Titans. Derrick Henry, I think, is officially back. Who you guys got? Bengals, Titans, Derrick Henry back. Does that impact your decision on who you pick? First game back. Uh, I don't think the weather is going to be terrible. Uh, you know, a big back like that probably feeds off of, of, of poor weather conditions because the defense is at a disadvantage trying to tackle him. But he's still a big back. He's still fast. He's going to be running on rested legs. Do you have the Titans telling everybody to remember us back in their yesteryear coming up with a big divisional round win? Or do the Bengals stay hot? Because, boy, I tell you, that dog going to burrow. That burrow, that combination is quite a combination. Henry's fresh. So, who you got? He's fresh. I got to go with Henry. He's fresh. He's You're going with Henry. Eesh. I don't know. If he's 100%, is he coming back? Is he 100%? I don't know if they've given him 100% status. He had a full contact <laughs> practice this week that he uh, passed with flying colors. Uh, but that's the medical staff from the Titans saying that there's a little bit of jockeying. Obviously, they want them to to game plan for the full load of of uh, pause for a, 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 a Derek healthy Derek Henry getting all of the the snaps. So unpause. I think unpause. I, I, Derek Henry's ninety percent. I don't. I don't know. He's going. You know, he's not tired. He's not even if he had an injury. He's just his legs are still fresh. Like you know, I don't know. They're not going to stop that boy. That's a freight train. Freight train. All yeah. right. So so you got the Bengals coming out. Bengals winning That's that game. Who you got, ETP? No, I'm sorry. You said yeah. you said you got the Titans winning. Titans by six. Titans by six. All right. Who you got, ETP? Yeah, I like I like what the Bengals are doing, but I called it a long time ago, so I gotta stick with uh my prediction. I gotta go with the Titans. Henry's back, even if he's half speed, just the threat of his presence 
opens up some of the receiving options. I think they pull it out. I I don't know if it'll go be by six, but I'll, I'll definitely take the Titans for the win. You taking the Titans for the win? Good. So that means it's two to one because I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals. That dog on Joe Cool to Jamar Chase is unbelievable and unstoppable. Uh, they provide a wrinkle that at this point in the season, when you basically are telling defenses that they cannot, under no no circumstances whatsoever, can you go either a zero or one technique and leave someone on an island with Jamar Chase because Joe Burrow, having been thrown to Jamar Chase, looked like since they were born. Obviously, they had a connection to LSU uh, and that 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 season together. Uh, and those practices and that and that run that they had in their national championship run, I say the Bengals prevail. Bengals over the Titans in what will be uh, a high-scoring game. I'm going 27 to 24. Bengals. Then we got on Saturday the 49ers at the Packers. And you know they're going to come out to that Kodak Black. What's the song? Superstar. What's the yeah, whatever the song is, what song they came out to, man? They came out bumping with the big old. They came out with the with the radio Raheem blasting. When they came out to that radio Raheem blasting the Kodak Black, I knew then and there. Debo Samuel didn't even have on his helmet. He wanted everybody to know that look, Cowboys, we them boys. I, I they were the hottest team going in. While while the Dolphins and the 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 Kansas City Chiefs had a run towards the end of the season. To me, if you watch the 49ers, you watch the defense, you watch their play, I thought they were a hot team going in. Uh, what do you think? Can they be hot in such a cold, frigid Lambeau field? It's going to be five degrees at kickoff. With the wind chill, it's going to be negative seven degrees. Aaron Rodgers is the only person on the planet that seems to be able to throw through those type of conditions as though he doesn't even get impacted by it. Uh, it's the Green Bay Packers. They've been chilling, had their feet up, eating bonbons, relaxing, watching everybody else do what they do. Who you got? 49ers versus the Packers. I'll start with you on this one, ETP. Playing at Lambeau Field. Who you got? You know, I wanna I wanna say that the Green Bay Packers are gonna win. It's cold. They know cold. San Francisco, they're a little too balmy, pretty, beautiful weather, just a little bit of fog. But they got the the reason that the Patriots dynasty was disrupted was because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's coming in from San Francisco, so I'm going to go with San Francisco, the second coming of Brady that never happened. Got it. All right. Who you got? Big flow show. On answer the question, for those of you who are not listening or watching live, we have a question presented to us. What's up, Miss Christie? Says she loved the Ohio boy Joe Burrow, uh, but the Titans by three and asked, Do I want to bet? The way my accounts are set up, I can't afford a, uh, even to think of a bet. But I bet you some push ups. I bet you some push ups. I owe somebody some push ups anyway. I bet you some push ups. That's about all I could bet right now. Uh, the big flow show, who you got, man? It's, it's they're, they're playing in Nashville, they're gonna have live music thumping, they got their craft beer going, the whole vibe of the city. And here comes Joe Cool. Lambo. Who you got? You said Lambo. You meant to say Lambo. You said Nashville. They play in Nashville. I thought we switched games. We did switch games. You got to you <laughs> excuse me. 
because of the bet, I got sidetracked again. My I was bad. like, did I do something? You're right. Ask and answer. I'm going to say this. Listen. That's what happened when you do a 4 p.m. show. So who start off by saying? It's happy hour. I hate Green Bay. But it's cold in Green Bay. It's cold. It's cold. It's distracting. It's it's you go on one when you when it's on two, but you go on one Green Bay because you're in a rush. That's the kind of cold it is in Green Bay. So cold but that some people take Viagra. Some people take Viagra just to get the I can't believe we didn't talk about that. To get their feet and hands warm. But Garoppolo's from Chicago. He played at Eastern Illinois. It's two cold places, so he can do this. I'm gonna, you know what, man? I don't agree with ETP. So I'm just gonna get your back, E. Because I hate Green Bay and I don't care what logic points to. I want the 49ers to win. That was my childhood squad. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead with the 49ers, even That's though it's a Bears fans cold. jinx. You almost guaranteed that Green Bay is going to win by doing <laughs> it that way. You should have just took your heart and emotions out of it. I can't, and I, I can't. Can you take your heart and emotions out just for one second? My Tell pride, me from a football my perspective. My pride isn't as strong. So it's, I could be wrong better than I could than my emotions to give up and root for Green Bay Packers just to be right. So I'd rather be wrong. You'd rather be wrong. <laughs> you know what? If we were ever trying to create a litmus test to your fandom as a Bears fan, you just passed it, my brother. But you and ETP have to be wrong again. I'm taking the other side, man. Negative seven degrees. I don't care who you are. Or negative, it's five degrees, negative seven with windshield. I don't care who you are. That's going to change your whole approach. And not even no Kodak Black, not even no Radio Raheem boombox can get you through that. I think when they try to play the, the Kodak Black on the on the boombox going out in pregame, the doggone circuit's going to freeze, and they ain't going to be able to listen to the music. That's a different type of cold, man. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers on this one. Uh, and uh, for a home game victory, Lambeau's going to go crazy. Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers um, takes his, his discount double-check belt to the next round, so we shall see. On Sunday – not to be overshadowed, on Sunday we got the Rams at the Bucks. We got the Rams at the Bucks. The Rams are the other hot team. The Rams look like they are just they, – they, they ain't messing around. The way they did Kyler Murray and the memes that are, are circulating around that are pretty funny, man. Kyler Murray finally looked like the five foot four guy that he is. He finally looked small. Uh, I'm just joking, Kyler Murray, at least 5'6". But I'm he looked – about five nine, yeah. I mean, Give it, man. I nine. keep it real clean, though. That's a clean five nine. But but he finally looked like a really small, underwhelming quarterback at the NFL level. Uh, the Rams they got to go play in Tampa Bay against a man that has been to this round so many times that it don't make no sense. I think he's like eight and two in this round or something like that. He thinks the NFL is a twenty three week season from the start. It's just crazy. Right, he is, he is a LeBron of NFL in the sense that he's always at this level. He always gets this deep into the playoffs. It just goes, it's synonymous with Brady. You get to at least the division round. So, but the Rams are hot, and Rams got a defense that not only have been hot through the uh, playoffs thus far in one round, but also they have a history. They beat them early in the season. So I'm going to start with you on this one, ETP. You got the Rams at the Bucks. Who wins? It's hard to bet against Tom Brady. They brought a lot of players back, lost their best receiver to shenanigans. <laughs> LA Rams are on a, you know, they're hot. Beckham looks like he fit in. 
threw a 30-yard pass, caught a 40-yard pass, first time in history of the NFL for that to happen. I got to go with L.A., I don't think Brady can pull it off. You got it's a Super Bowl hangover. I don't care how deep you go. A back to back, that's tough, man. That's you like the feel good story. You want LA playing in SoFi Stadium. You want the feel good the feel good story. LA. That's that doesn't feel good. I don't want to, I don't want to root for the Rams, but I gotta take them in this game. You're taking the Rams. All right. Uh the big flow show. Who you got? Rams at Bucks. Is it gonna be Tinseltown, LA, or does Tom Brady do what Tom Brady does? And go to the NFC Championship game or Conference Championship game yet again. Second time NFC prior to that. Age. This is a regular season game for Tom Brady, Gronkowski. <laughs> these, these are regular season games. That's sad but true. This feels like a regular season game for Buddy. Doesn't for it? Him, like robbing his. He's used times, to playing twenty twenty two games. You know, twenty three games a year. Right. I think the Rams. They they a shot. I will say this. Um, I love my man in the middle, uh, Donald. If he can if he can get after Brady and frustrate the heck out of him, it could do something to him. But I think that they're gonna call a couple penalties. He'll probably touch his face mask or something. They'll call a rough in the passer, and then he's gonna slow his roll. Right. I, I can't I can't go against I can't go against Tom Brady. I hate to say that. You know, I should hate him because he's a Michigan man. I can't, I can't go. He's he's so y'all he's, split on this one. When you're wrong, you're wrong. You know what? I thought it was Belichick. <laughs> Belichick showed me that it was Tom Brady. So it was Tom. Tom Brady, final answer. I'm going to go with that for this particular game. It wasn't Belichick or it wasn't Brady. It was both of them. They need each other, man, like a real bad marriage. right? The, the real toxicity of a marriage requires both of your ignorant you-know-whats to be in the room arguing, or it doesn't have the same impact. The same is true with these two. They need each other. I, I, I'm going with the Rams. They've got the history of beating them earlier in the year. I like Aaron Donald in that middle. I like Jalen Ramsey to be able to cover whoever the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roll out there to be out there on the perimeter, right? Because they're down their top two receivers, and I think that's going to have an impact on the game. Tom Brady is going to try to get the ball to Gronk, but I think that this is the time when you're trying to throw to a tight end where you can bring pressure, and who better to bring pressure than the L.A. Rams? I'm going with the Rams. Uh, last one quickly uh, before I get back to something, because you mentioned something there, Ellis, that we got to touch on. But I but but quickly the quick lightning round Bills at the Chiefs who you guys got is this now the the new awakening of the Bills are they finally the real deal I'll go with you first Big Flow Show Bills at the Chiefs I'm going Bills I think the Chiefs are Chiefs just aren't who they used to be and I feel like uh, my homeboy is not is not who he used to be um, they're barely barely catching on I think uh, I think the, I think the Bills gonna get them you're going to Bills who you going with ETP. I don't think I ever would have said this in my life, <laughs> but I got to go with the Bills. But I can't imagine them playing in the next round. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how to, away, My so mind doesn't like work weird. this I'm way. Like, <laughs> something is missing in this puzzle. Yeah. I have them winning, but they, they win, but then they get disqualified for something. For something <laughs> deflate gate or something. Who knows? Look, man, I, I, uh, I'm going to disagree with both of you again. I'm going with Kansas City at home. The weather is going to play a role. Yes, the Bills are used to playing inclement weather. Uh, but it's going to be it's too nice up. It's, it's going to be too nice up. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where you put so much energy and effort into getting over Mount Everest and finally beating Bill Belichick in a playoff game. And to feel that feeling, that celebration, 
I think that they're going to get uh, lost in the sauce. And this week is going to be a whole different raft because, again, just like I talked about when it comes to Tom Brady, although I picked against him, uh, uh, you've been there before. It's been this particular group that's been there before with Kansas City. Um, their whole crew is still together. So I'm going Kansas City to win at home. Now, you mentioned, ETP, you said that the Tampa Bay Bucks are playing without their number one receiver. Uh, I, I assume that you're talking about Antonio Brown. And who are we? Because I see one of the comments. This would be a great time to ask everybody. Please, 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 please like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. And please subscribe both to the YouTube channel and to the podcast. Uh, that's my shameless plug. So go ahead and tag somebody now. Go ahead and comment now. Go ahead and share the video now. It'll cost you all of three seconds. And it's 4.15 on a Friday. You ain't you ain't thinking about no work no more. So go ahead and share. Uh, but we'll be remiss if we didn't talk about A.B. Because someone in the comments said A.B. chilling with Kanye. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. that meant that the Tampa Bay Bucks are not going to repeat. Let's deal with the first part of that. A.B. chilling with Kanye. Because A.B. has officially become a rapper. But in, in, in the real rap, because there was also the rap of him sitting down and talking with two podcasts this week. He shed some light on a few things. He shed some light on what the nature of his relationship was with Tom Brady about two weeks ago. And then this week, he went on even further and said he was done dancing their dance as he explained on I Am Athlete podcast uh, that he was done doing their dance. Do you think A.B. was vindicated in his, his, his most recent appearances on these podcasts? And and just let's have a conversation, a quick one, because we can't put too much time into AB. We got a whole bunch of albums to buy and videos to watch. So I don't want to spend too much time on it now because he seems like the gift that keeps giving it. He ain't going nowhere. But do you think through his most recent revelations, through the conversations that he had on these podcasts, that indeed he has vindicated himself to a certain degree? Or is he still persona non grata when it comes to sports purists that think, bro, you just don't leave a game that way? Uh, and no order whatsoever, but let's have the discussion. What do you guys think about A.B.? You have the image of him on the couch. You have the image of him in his videos and these nice, uh, I, I'm assuming they're nice designer jackets. I'm out of the know now. I'm at the age now. I don't know what that particular fashion thing is about. But he, he, he looks like he's he's hip, shall I say. Uh, has he vindicated himself? Or is he still making a mockery of the opportunity that was considered one that he didn't deserve, but someone gave to him anyway. Yeah, I think, I think no general, matter what. Eh, go ahead. I think no matter what, no matter what he says, it helps us to understand everything that happened, if it's true. But I don't think there's anything he could say that's going to make anybody that hasn't already supported what he's doing agree. Like, I understand. I understand more and more as he talks, but I'm not going to agree with his actions. Like I can't agree with his actions in terms of how you operate. Right. So right. there's not really anything that he could say that would allow me to agree with his action. I can, you know, not judge him for it, but I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't say, yeah, in retrospect, that's exactly what you should have done. Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get to that point. How about you? I So I think it's almost in some ways it's bad, right? Because, when he when he first did it, he seemed so crazy. Everybody wanted him to get help, and everyone felt sympathy for him. Now it just seems like he just has a bad because he doesn't seem as crazy when you hear him interview. He doesn't seem like he's he can't control a thought or whatever. It's, it's the exact opposite. His cry is, "I am not crazy." 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not crazy. crazy. Mental health Which is now thing. makes me further condemn the fact like that he he's did super what he did crazy. <laughs> because all the CTE and the Burford hit and all the different things that people make you think is whatever. No, it just seems like a dickhead, right? <laughs> like this is just what you do. So yeah. I think it's 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 bad. Um, but you know, I still feel like he's gonna get another chance because he didn't do anything to anybody specifically, like he didn't attack a coach or a player or whatever it wasn't so unforgivable and it's it almost seems like you could convince him to say i'm not going to do it again <laughs> but maybe you won't it just depends I, how bad you need a receiver look man i thought that before the brandon marshall exchange but to hear him say because i thought brandon marshall was just trying to be like yo brother to brother you were right but you could be wrong while being right when bruce arian said what he said you should have just grabbed him up like yo bro i'm gonna see you in the locker room don't talk to me that way but AB was having no parts of it. It's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and make it nice to digest. Right. So I I, I don't I don't know that he'll get another chance. Um, but look, uh surrounding himself with the likes of Kanye West, uh Floyd Mayweather, and Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> like the narcissism in that room. He uh, just was missing, all he was missing was Dennis Rodman. That's all he was missing. That's all he needed was Dennis. That would have that 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 rounded the whole thing out. I think A.B. is done. My cousin and them are done. Uh, it's been a good run, but because I thought Brandon Marshall was making a great point. It's like, you needed X amount of, of, of catches to reach a plateau that only, you know, two other men have done, right? If, if you go out the right way and not all guns blazing, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. So he's giving him these rational steps to why you probably should operate in a more business professional manner when being right. Right. There's a wrong way to be right. And A.B. was having no parts of it. So if that's not CTE, if that's not mental health, is that uh, then he just flat out. I don't want to use too descriptive of language because I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence, but it comes across as less than intelligent. I'll say that. Uh, but what he did say. And how he painted the picture of Bruce Arians, because this week Bruce Arians Bruce Arians also got fined for putting his hands on folk. We them boys. Bruce Arians put his hands on a player during a playoff game has now been fined. Uh, it didn't seem to get that garner that much attention to me. Are we still at the point where you can put your hands on somebody? Isn't that the same thing we talked about when it came to Urban Meyer kicking the kicker? You don't put your hands on somebody. And at least Urban Myers was in closed quarters. It wasn't on national TV. He put his hands on a player on national TV during a playoff game when the entire world was watching, the football world, that is, was watching. And yet, I don't think it's been discussed at nauseum. But did it give us light into what A.B. was saying? That this dude is not a good dude. He's dishonest. He, he belittles his players. Now we see Bruce Arians not only belittling them from a verbal standpoint, but from a physical standpoint. To put your hands on somebody because they made a mistake is the ultimate, I am greater than you. You shall be chastised. I'm a father figure. Was A.B. Yeah, so, right? So if it's, all, if it's all connected, again, I go back to, okay, now I understand. But I don't agree. <laughs> like, you, you took off your shirt and you're pumping up the crowd like, all right, like the, you you laid it out yourself pretty well either last week or the week before. Like the NFL is a toxic culture, right? Like the nature of the culture is what it is. Right. But I still can't agree with that being your solution 
like if we played this all back like is that your ne- your negotiation tactic like is that you making a mockery of all of this like is that with your intention to make the situation better for yourself moving forward it's right. not <laughs> fair um so we shall see uh i don't know if you want to get any any last words on it, the big flow show before we move on ab i mean one thing i'll say BA. about the, the Aryan thing is i think a little bit sometimes too much is being made out of stuff in the heat of the battle depends on who it is me and you are friends right right if you're acting a complete fool out there i'm gonna yoke you up to get you out of that situation you gonna a grab complete me up? stranger can't yoke you up like that to get you out of the situation you gonna grab me, has that relate- grab me up bro that's embarrassing no grab just for i mean try to help you Nobody's gonna think you're getting punked by me because that's your friend. He's trying to get you out of there. Sometimes you got to get your boy out of there, and you got to grab his ass up because he's whatever. I think too much is putting your hands on somebody. What he was doing, a dude is about to get a penalty, a 15 yard penalty on a turnover that they're trying to do. Arians runs in there in the heat of it, taps the dude on the, on the back of the head. The dude turns, looks at Arian, doesn't even get mad, and keeps it moving. I think sometimes we make too much about putting your hands on somebody. This is football. People have equipment on. We tackle people every play. You you grab your arms and slam people to the ground every play. When the whistle's blown, it's soft now. Every Now you can't touch nobody. I don't know. I feel like people go a little too far with this. So I don't think this I, says I, everything about Arians. I think I don't know his re- reputation, so I'm not going to go uh, one way or the other um, on it. But I think it, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. He didn't smack A.B. He talked to A.B. and A.B. got butt naked and walked off the field. Hey, but the, the, if it looked like a, a duck, walk like a duck, quack like a duck, it's a duck. Some of those same behavioral tendencies that you feel comfortable enough putting your hands on somebody gives you the same uh, bravado to say things in close quarters to somebody that you think that you are are above. You're the and, same person that said that LeBron shouldn't be able to get someone kicked out because he said, "I hope your kid dies." So I, words I have been me. on I have been on the train of not being too soft. I'll be honest. I've been, but but physical contact, I think, is where I'm like, nah, bro. Like you can. But there's other. But who is the coach? Who is the coach that just got fired after he put his hands on one of the players? We talked about it. That's um, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. No, kick no, no. That no, no. That was before. There was a college player, a college coach. Oh, oh a college player. coach. Uh, but we talked about coach? it a little while back. I'm not sure. I don't remember who that was. was. That don't, but, I don't remember who that was. But, but he got that, fired. It, it used to be an era where that was cool, right? The Bobby Knights and the Lou Holtzes of the world. That was it. Was okay. We yeah. do live in a new world where it has been well documented that the expectations are such that you keep your hands to yourself. And Bruce Arians didn't keep his hands to himself on national television. That's all I'm saying. But but in the spirit of that, and Bruce Aarons is going to appeal his fifty thousand dollar fine, and he might win. So uh, we shall see where the NFL falls on this. But in the spirit of that, because there's somebody else that has not been fined yet, but my man Penny Hardaway, yo Penny Hardaway, I I hope you got the clip. Let me take this. Let's move on, man. Because when I look at the fine, listen to this on speaker. Uh, You've got kids. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who have kids in the room. Put your kids away. Put your kids away. Uh, and they did bleep it out because it was on a, a in in a post game interview that will go down as a classic. Y'all remember Penny Hardaway from the commercials? Penny, Penny, Anthony Hardaway, now the head coach of the Memphis Tigers on the college football level, college basketball level. Excuse me, and had a great, great, great recruiting class last two years. 
You know, he coached Wiseman last year. Now he's coaching Bates this year and the other kid. He's, he's coaching some great players, NBA prospects. But after the game, he said this. I think the one thing I can say to this media, because this media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me. We don't have our full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, 19 year olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24 year old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. All right. So you get the gist of it. Uh, in this episode, we them boys. Basically, that's what Penny said. We them boys, man. You're going to back up off me. You're going to put some respect on my name. Right? And other than the double negative, I'm not scared of nothing. Or I'm not embarrassed about nothing. Other than the double negative, I didn't have a single problem with a single word that he said. Now, having said that, because uh, growing up in certain neighborhoods, being in certain environments in the locker room, you got to be willing to fight back when you feel as though all guns are aimed at you when you feel like you're backed into a corner. Having said that, the other side of me knows that either he's going to get fined. I don't even want to say or. It's probably going to be an and. He's probably going to get fined and potentially suspended because the, you, you use that language in that situation when you are, again, right, you have 17, 18, 19-year-olds using the exact same theory that he's using under your tutelage, the university is probably going to hit him with some sort of suspension. They have to. Have to, right? He's not a, you know, he, he just didn't come leader-esque. First of all, you call people bro. How many times you tell an adult tells a kid, hey, I'm not your bro, right? Like he's coming out. He just, he felt he recessed back. I thought he was going to get in the fetal position. He just lost. It was a meltdown. Um, a lot of excuses. Just didn't sound like a leader, right? If you want to say, hey, we're young, we're developing, you know, whatever. You got to be able to take some stuff on the chin. You can't crack down like that when you're a coach. Did, did, he, did he win in the recruiting world, though? As a recruit, as a basketball recruit, number one, whatever. He's, he's now recruiting from the best players. As, as a very high-profile, five-star basketball recruit, you hear your coach or the coach that is recruiting you say that, uh, Does is, is it a win for him in the recruiting space? Uh, and then let, let's then counter that with a parent of a, a high-profile recruit. How do you look at that in terms of the person that's been calling your house? Or they don't call your house no more. They call the kids directly. But the person that you've invited into your house to recruit your son, both as a player and as a parent, where does this whole, if you want to call it a meltdown, or maybe it was just a, he had truth serum and he was just being honest, whatever you want to call it, how does this sit in his recruiting space? For me, it's net neutral because I would get over it. But I do kind of, I will, this is on your resume. I'll give people a chance to be humans and do whatever. But I do think when you when you compare him, again, a lot of these dudes aren't going in uh, the college to, to become a man. They're going to be there for one year and be out. That's the guy, guys, he's trying to recruit, the one and dones, right? Um, when I look at him, I compare him to somebody who I want them to form my son into a man. 
that this is a negative, right? When I look at it, but when I look at it, it's like, can he get, you know, it's the, it's the lack of wins that probably would stop me from wanting us to go there. You know, the fact right. that they're not playing well, um, I can handle it as a dad. I don't know. I know Ellis is a little more sensitive. What do you think? Ellis? <laughs> no, yeah. I got so more basketball. Yeah. My, my opinion on it is I think it's like, you know, every once in a while the coach will take a tech, to rock, you know, get his team more excited, you know, during the game. I kind of look at this as like, this is his his time to take a tech in the public space to get the media to back off a little bit, take some of those shots. Obviously, you know, it's not easy for these kids. You know, they're getting, you know, articles written about them about how they're not playing well and all that. So it's a morale killer. And he took he took an L for the team. And, you know, I think from a parenting standpoint, I can appreciate that he, you know, that he's looking out for these kids. Then, you know, they're inexperienced. They just need a little bit of, you know, patience. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think he should get fined. Honestly, I, my position is he shouldn't get fined. There's always back and forth with the media. There's always, you know, people are going to have their blowups, but he didn't really say anything that was wildly out of line. In my opinion, it was, he was basically just pr- protecting his, his team. But under that same theory, because I'm gonna get you out of here, I go. We're gonna touch on a few quick NBA things. But on that same theory, from because we talked about we them boys, them Cowboys. Dak Prescott was fine for basically saying that the fans throwing stuff on the field at the referees, they they should they should be commended for that. How's that any different? <laughs> right? And in the moment, so how's that any different? <laughs> it's different. Fine I mean, five thousand dollars for saying that. How's that any different? He did a moment. Uh, outbursts are fined a lot of times just so you you can show that indeed you're not supporting that right yeah or 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 this right Kyrie Irving just got fined Kyrie Irving got fined for telling a fan in Cleveland who was trying to heckle not trying was absolutely heckling he looked at him said y'all mofo I don't I don't know the exact language but he did use profanity you mofos are just ungrateful I hope you win a championship, and this is how y'all act. He got fined twenty five thousand. Are you okay with that fine? No, I'm not okay with that fine. It's, All right, it's just, consistent. I mean, it's okay. it's just trash talking back and forth. Like I understand what they're trying to do in the NBA side. They, you know, the the play, the fans have gotten you know excessive. You know, LeBron's pointing people out about you know somebody talking about his kids and things of that nature. So they're trying to keep the the heckling respectful. I get it. I don't think it warranted a fine. He just, you know, he cursed. It's just funny that if he didn't curse, he probably would probably not having this conversation. It's not a fine. It's just, you know, good old fashioned, you know, trash talking to each other. So, but the, but the thing on the, on the Penny Hardaway side, he's not, he wasn't directing, he was directing it at the media. The media actually loves this. This is great for the media, for him to be running off at the mouth at them. They could, they will, they will get their ratings. They will get their awards. They will get all of the, all of the things that they need as a media outlet because of that. So to find him for helping them make more money is just a little bit uh, backwards to me. And he's not, you know, he's not threatening he anybody. He's not every condoning question violence. with, we them boys. We them boys. <laughs> we them boys. <laughs> but, but the thing that kills me with the NBA, though, is that, like, that fan doesn't get penalized at all for that exchange. And the exact quote was, got y'all a championship and you mofo still ungrateful. Ungrateful. The mm-hmm. fan doesn't get penalized at all. Kyrie is $25,000 poorer because of that exchange. It doesn't make sense to me. Quickly, because I I'm, I'm a, I know we NBA, I'm going to get you out of here. So I wanted to just ask quickly before we let you go for the day, uh, uh, ETP, uh, what do you think Kyrie 
is one part of the story, but Kevin Durant out four to six weeks with a meniscus tear. Uh, does that mean the Brooklyn Nets are going to find themselves going down and descending the Eastern Conference rankings? It means they're going to go exactly where they need to be, and that is to away court advantage <laughs> all throughout the NBA playoffs so Kyrie can be on the squad. So this this injury sucks short term, but if it drops them you know, to a six or seven seed, then Kyrie gets to play with the team more often than not. I know it's in a weird way this helps, help right? I said that last week in a <laughs> weird way. Pay the fine? I thought we decided they could play the fine and he could play. They can, but even without with paying the fine, that just means that Kyrie can play. KD ain't playing. Uh, he's out four to six weeks, and as research tells me, it's a sprain. But the difference between a sprain and a tear is just who's telling the story. Right? They are the same thing. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Uh, and I had to find out the hard way. But uh, let me then get to this before we let you go, man. Russell Westbrook has gotten the – brunt of the blame of the Lakers Wolves on the court fair or not fair uh last he played against Indiana and for the last four minutes uh Frank Vogel had him on the bench he was I think five for 12 before those shots were three pointers he ended up with 14 points yeah that's the only way that works yeah so he ended up with 14 points on the bench for the last four minutes whether whether on purpose or not Frank Vogel kind of put the the focus on Russell Westbrook now, Jeannie Buss and the rest of the Lakers uh, front office, they got to make a decision. Fair or not fair, should Russell Westbrook be getting this much blame for the Lakers' problems? Can't blame the refs, so you got to blame somebody. <laughs> I think I, think I blame the coaching. Frank Vogel loser. can't blame himself either. Frank Vogel couldn't put himself on the bench for the last four minutes. Somebody but go. when you do that, you know, to someone that is – it, an absolute first ballot Hall of Famer, been a perennial all-star, although he didn't make the all-star team this year, it's going to receive a lot of attention. So is he right or wrong? ETP, your last contribution before we get you out of here for the day, and then uh, the Big Flow Show and I will take it home. What do you think? Russ should have been coming off the bench from the beginning, so I blame the coach for just now making this decision. They had to they had to do something unorthodox. They got an unorth- unorthodox lineup. I've been saying it the whole season. Russ, they should treat it like hockey, bring in a whole second line, you know, fresh legs, and just rotate it. They're not working together, you know, putting all the big stars. It's not working. Obviously, Anthony Davis is out, so get creative, but it's just it's demeaning to do it kind of as a change of direction while the game's already happening and then benching, you know, one of your star players. Like this should have been worked out in plan versus, oh, I'm reacting to us getting waxed by this young team. Let me sit them down. Fair. You've been consistent with that, with the hockey theme and that analogy. So uh, we appreciate your contributions, man, to this week's episode of We Them Boys. As a crew, We Them Boys. Uh, have a good weekend, man. We'll check you out next week. All yeah, right. Have a good weekend. You All too, right. my brother. We're going to go home with this. Because before we get out of here, we got a a football topic that I wanted to bring to you, a college football aficionado, someone that just went through the college football recruiting process with your son, who is now going to play in the Big Ten. There's another story in the Big Ten uh, from uh, this place in Michigan called Ann Arbor. And the uncertainty as to whether or not Harbaugh is going to take an NFL job versus staying there at Michigan. Now, there have been experts, writers, journalists that have said that the only reason this is even up for discussion is because the uh, 
luster of a college football coaching role has lost a lot of its shine because of things like the transfer portal, because of the distractions like name, image, and likeness, because it has become such that the players are treating their role on the team almost like free agency, that they can get up and get on out of there anytime that they want. Um, do you think Harbaugh stays? And is this fair to say the only reason he would leave is because of what we have uh, what we have done, the, the unintended consequences of the new reality of NCAA football? What say Has you? he come out and said anything about that? He, is, he, has, he hasn't said much, which makes me think that he very well could be considering an NFL job. I mean, that's a really – if he speaks out against – if any coach speaks out against the portal or NIL, I think that's a real dangerous move at this point. So From a recruiting he, standpoint. Just from a recruiting standpoint. And the fact that you're going to be a hypocrite because you know what? There's going to be a guy coming into, the, into Michigan from the portal tomorrow, and he's going to be the recipient of it. So to criticize it – I mean, some people have said – I don't love it, but you know it is what it is. They kind of like lukewarm attack it and say that right. I'm going to take full advantage of it. Um, every school is going to take advantage of it. Eight, Michigan State just put 18 more people out. They're transferring. I mean, so it's here to stay and it's going to do whatever. Um, if he's running from that, it seemed it would be it would be a bad taste, I think, in a lot of people's mouth. But who cares? I, the only reason why I feel like he might he most people say there's no truth to this. There's absolutely no truth to this. And um, congratulations, you're the new coach of the Chicago Bears. They throw the hat on. <laughs> and dude was like, eh, what you going to do, right? Right. He's actually saying, he's actually told recruits that he would entertain other offers. The honesty there is, like, scary. But, you know, he took a pay cut last year. Maybe he just wanted his money back. You know what I mean? He took these guys to the playoffs. Right, yeah, yeah. So this is, he's dangling this so Michigan knows that that was a, a one-off. I beat Ohio State. I got you to the semifinal. Oh, yeah, I need the, I need my bread, Fred. My That's bread what you, back. We them boys. I mean, nobody listen. You know, we all had jobs. If you get demoted at work, like we're there until something comes up, right? You don't just take the demotion and right. just be like, "I'm good. This is where I want to be." I hate you right now, but I'm keeping the job because I need the job. Because I need but the job. Let it be known. You're either going to pay me back with back pay, or I'm right. going to be up out of here when I have an opportunity to. So. Right. Nobody takes it to motion lightly. So if he has a chance to go back to the NFL and he can go to a good – I mean, you got the Giants job is open. That's big city. Big I city. think the Bears is a terrible job. But if you took the Bears job, that's, you know, that's Chicago. That's one of the pillars of football. I appreciate you your honesty, Bears fan. That's pretty honest by, by you, my brother. I just think we have the worst ownership in, in professional sports. I don't want to digress too far. But, you know, I think a lot of bad coaches come here and, and look worse than they actually are. But <laughs> – at the end of the day, it depends, I guess, who they're going to hire to replace the uh, general manager. So shout out to Lake Dawson. I know at some point his name was out there. I hope he gets the chance to, to do it. But anyway, I digress. I, I, I'm i so torn. There's so many things I read one way or the other. I'm going to go. He'll leave for the right NFL job. But I think he. I think in general, he's playing the field to see if he gets his money back. But I think in this process, if the right NFL job gives it to him, He's about it here. Very fair. Uh, and I like that. And then and then to you say it's a net neutral because I think is the players being recruited by the guy who's being discussed for the NFL job. You know, they listen. They, I mean, they're so tapped in the information age. As soon as it comes out, a single tweet, it's, it's in their inbox. They see it. 
but to hear you say it as a parent, how you understand the business of it and it just is what it is, is, is interesting. All right, so let's go, let's leave with this, man, because who are we to not at least discuss the Winter Olympics? That it begins February 3rd, and I know you got countries like Norway, all the Scandinavian countries do great in the Winter Olympics. Sweden, Norway, and, uh, you know, they don't call them Russia anymore. Athletes competing from Russia, whatever they call yeah. them now. Um, uh, Canada. ROC, right? Can, ROC. Olympic Committee. Olympic Committee. There you go. Uh, I think the last the last Olympics, while they still were in uh, purgatory of how to do it, they called them athletes competing from Russia. But now you yeah. have ROC. Um, um, you got Canada that does real well. We 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 really don't it's watch the culturally biased. It's culturally biased. I it's think culturally. We don't really just... watch the Winter Olympics like that. But here on the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, because we so diverse in our sports coverage, we still gonna talk about it, and we gonna come from this angle. You had a. a, a a revelation to me that I want everyone to hear because you gave you you shed light on me. Tell them what we can look forward to in this 2022 Winter Olympics coming to you Return from wherever it's coming back. from. Uh, Winter Olympics, Return. what is going on in these Winter Olympics? Tell them, man. The Jamaican bobsled team is coming back. Yeah, cool running part two, man. They're gonna come back and they're gonna win this time because they've been preparing, running through the mountains. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do, but they're gonna come back. I think they're just they're like free back. trips, so they're gonna yeah. come back. Um, curling. I gotta say, if you if you've ever watched curling, you'll get into it and you'll start. You'll become a curling coach. I think you ever watch curling where they throw that. that I have. Piece of, I have. Yeah. You start telling man, brush the thing, brush it, brush it. I still want to go through one coaching session just because I gotta understand it a little better. How yeah. the hell you know where to brush it? How do you, how you, you get this scrape it? Just nice, man. It's like a fade, baby. You gotta fade that. Is that ice, what it baby? is? They, oh, yeah. ooh, it's like a dude with clippers. Yeah. You think we should go to the barbershop? We go to the barbershop. Go, go recruit the next. Hey, just like they found them some Jamaican bobsled talent somewhere in the mountains of Jamaica. We go to the barbershop. We are gonna find out some curling talent and go win an Olympic gold medal, baby. Maybe not gold. Yeah. A bronze or something. Uh, let's let the people know we do have this breaking news. Thank you, research. That uh, Nick Bosa has officially been cleared for the concussion protocol and will play against the Packers tomorrow night. And that That's still good. does not change my mind whatsoever. They're gonna get whooped. Um, you get a concussion like that, and all of a sudden you good. That's and then you good. Way. You know why you're you good? Because it's a division round. <laughs> the same give him thing. Two, is true hey, whether... Give him two aspirin. Right. <laughs> that boy rubs some tussing on it. He'll be all right. Hey, man, uh, not to make light of it, but that's how we get to the point where we see these erratic behaviors like A.B. and on the dog on couch not being able to communicate sentences, man. Take care of your, your, your personal health, young men, because football ends and you still got to live. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll let you go for this week, man. We appreciate your contribution, Big Flow Show, as always, man. Much love to you. Any parting shots for the people before you go? No, man, just, I mean, root for the Jamaican bobsled team, man. And root against Green Bay. Besides that, we all good. We all to the good. Uh, we'll catch him next week, right? Uh, you know how we do it, man. Um, so before we get out of here, I'll leave you guys with this. Because in this episode of We Them Boys, we talked about we've been on a journey. We've been on a journey with We Them Boys. Uh, but if you think about all the things that happened this week from the Cowboys being, I think, exposed um, from uh, the, the, the reality that we saw in the Bruce Arian situation, uh, to what's going to go on this week going forward in the NFL playoffs. Uh, the Ballhawk Sports Talk gives it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So make sure you come back next week for sports, business, and entertainment like we ask you every week. Please like, please comment, please share. Tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. Please subscribe on our YouTube channel and on the podcast. And with that, this has been the We Them Boys episode. We'll be back next week flexing. 
Rough, rugged, and raw. You know how we do it. It's your boy, B. Brian ESQ, a.k.a. The Ball Hall, a.k.a. The Mouth of the South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, a.k.a. Brazy. Uh, had the crew with me, my man ATP, Ellis, the producer, and the Big Flow Show. See you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend. Be blessed. If you're in the Northeast, man, make sure you put on a few layers. It's cold out there, y'all. We is out. Peace.